You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron live with Ethan Haristadulu. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Greek's Gridiron. I am Ethan Haristadulu. It's January 27th, 2022, and today we are discussing the NFC Championship. We're just a few days away from Championship Sunday. If you have not already, make sure you check out my AFC Championship preview that went up yesterday. And then, of course, make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on all the content coming your way as we roll through the end of this season and into the off season. And, of course, make sure you comment down below. Let me know who you guys think is going to win this game. What are the reasons why? Why is you maybe your team going to come out on top? Or who do you think is going to come out on top and why? Even if you don't have a dog in the fight, let me know. But with all that said, let's get into the conversation. 49ers heading into SoFi Stadium. Some of you 49ers fans might say our second home if you want to make a couple jokes here and there. Uh, It's been a very interesting uh, home field situation for the Rams, I would say. And and that's putting it lightly and and probably to say the absolute least about it. Uh, Because some of those Rams games, and even for the Chargers too, those games that are at home didn't actually feel like home games when it came down to it. It felt like more so away games because there were so many people from visiting teams there rooting on the other team. So some really interesting stuff here. The 49ers, of course, already having taken down the Rams twice, are coming into this game with a lot of momentum, upset after upset win, making their way through the playoffs, and now facing a team, again, they've already beaten twice. So there's a lot on the line here for both the Rams and the 49ers. And I'll start this video off by talking about who I think is going to be the X factor for each team going into this game. Now, for the visiting team, the 49ers, there are so many people you could list on this roster here. Eric Armstead, who has been an absolute monster. Elijah Mitchell, the running back, who maybe not a household name, but if you follow the 49ers, know that this dude can tear it up on the ground for this 49ers offense. Uh, the, of course, a, a guy who does not need an introduction and very obvious one to bring up here, wide receiver Debo Samuel, who can do things out of the backfield, wherever you need him out wide. It's unbelievable just the amount of ability he has and the things he is able to do, the versatility he brings to this offense. Offensive tackle Trent Williams, who is dealing with an injury right now. He's been on the injury report, but when healthy is, in my opinion, the best left tackle in the league. So, I mean, there's just so much star power on both the defense and the offense. Fred Warner's another one. But the biggest one that I think we need to bring up here, and the guy that I think needs to have a massive game to continue the success that the 49ers have had this postseason so far, has got to be the edge rusher himself, Nick Bosom. Just last week helping in in basically shutting down that Packers offense during that really cold weather game. Two sacks, he had three tackles, two quarterback hits. The guy was bringing the pressure, bringing the heat, and just basically causing problems for the Packers offense all game long. First drive aside, that 49ers defense looked unbelievable in shutting everything down that came their way. I think for this 49ers team to be successful here, Nick Bosa needs to step up again and do what he's done best throughout the entire of the year and wreak havoc on the quarterback, crush that pocket, and force Matthew Stafford into some potential mistakes if the 49ers want to go on another upset and make their second Super Bowl appearance in just three years. For the Rams, obviously, Cooper Cup. Odell Beckham, Van Jefferson, I mean, there's just so much. The returning Cam Akers, Sony Michelle. then you look at the defense, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, but in my opinion, the guy who needs to step up because he's had some pretty rocky games the last two times these teams have met has got to be 
quarterback Matthew Stafford. This has been an, an awesome year, I would say, if you're a Stafford fan, to watch him do what he's done because I feel like it's proven everyone right about Stafford that thought he was elite, myself included. I have always said that if he wasn't on the Detroit Lions, he'd probably be on a playoff team doing some really big things and potentially chasing after a ring like he is now in his first ever championship game after going back-to-back wins in the playoffs so far, his first two of his career. Uh, I think especially going up against the 49ers team who he has kind of struggled against these first couple of times that they played. Um, this is his opportunity to basically right the wrongs here and step up and have another game like he did last week where, you know, he was able to make that massive Hail Mary, maybe not necessarily that play exactly, but have the type of game that he had last week, just tearing up the defense, being efficient against the blitz, being able to, you know, fend off the pressure and get the ball to where it needs to go to keep that offense rolling downfield. He's struggled with that against San Francisco. And I think that this game right here will be pivotal in his and and I think like everyone's perception of him as a player can he basically slay the dragon that has already you know taken him down twice at this point in the year and that leads me right into my first discussion point for the things that I'll be watching in this game and that one is can the 49ers continue to force Stafford into making mistakes as I mentioned Stafford has not really had the best couple of games so far against the 49ers this year Um, they've been able to bring pressure seven sacks altogether they had two in the first time that these two teams met and they also had five pressures and the second time that these two teams met he had uh, they had five sacks and 16 total pressures so it got even worse the second time around that these two teams played and on top of that Matthew Stafford has a pair of picks in both of those games he had 17 interceptions on the year altogether and four of those just coming from the division rival 49ers alone with that being said can the 49ers continue to cause those problems crush the pocket and you know maybe force and and it's funny because I say that Stafford's been the best against the blitz he's been very good at getting the ball out especially when there's heavy pressure because his receivers have been so adept to getting open for him but can you know can they continue to have the dominating kind of disruption that they've had against this Rams offense so far this year can they continue to do that I think if they can the result is going to be the same as the first two games that these teams played and it's that the 49ers get another upset victory here they're going into this game the underdogs again and I think their biggest key to success will be limiting what Stafford can do in forcing him into those mistakes that he's made this year, especially going against them already. The second point that I have in mind here, and this one's going to be for the Rams, is can the Rams actually slow down Debo Samuel? Do they have what it it is going to basically take that not a lot of teams have been able to do this year in slowing down you know, he's a wide receiver, but at this point he's an offensive weapon because he can, you know, he can get you out of the backfield. He can get you out wide. He can get you from inside. I mean, they can run him from like every shape and form you could possibly ask of him. And he's probably going to get a gain of, of at least three, four or five yards on you, depending on the play. He's been so efficient against everyone that he's gone against. And when you look at his track record against the defense of the Rams, it's not been pretty for the Rams. The first time these two teams met, he had five catches, 97 yards, and a touchdown, and he also had five carries for 36 yards and a touchdown. And then when you look at game two, uh, you know, just as good, if not better, maybe slightly worse, depending on how you look at the numbers. But I mean, four catches, 95 yards, no touchdowns, but he had eight rushes, 45 yards, and a touchdown. So, I mean... It has not been an issue for Debo Samuel in getting himself open, finding some running lanes, you name it. He was able to do it going against his Ram defense. 
are they able to finally slow him down? Because in my opinion, for the 40, not the 49ers, excuse me, for the Rams to come out victorious in this game, they need to slow down the guy that has given them the most problems in each of the last two meetings that these teams have had. Can they slow him down? Because if they can, that, in my opinion, is going to lead to their success in you know, their ability to finally snap this massive win streak that the 49ers currently have on them of six games in a row at this point. Um, if they can't slow him down and Debo's having another game and he's just torching them all game long, wearing down that defense like he has the last few weeks. And of course, with the pairing of Elijah Mitchell, I, I just don't really know if I can see the Rams being successful here because the last two times that they've played, Debo Samuel went off and the final score was the 49ers winning. So with that in mind, my last piece of um, or my last sort of thing that I'll be watching as we go through this game, and one that I think is also going to be important in the Rams' success and is kind of a question for them as well, is can this Rams defense bring the heat and the pressure on Jimmy G? Why am I saying that? Well, versus the Bucks, Tom Brady, one of the best quarterback or one of not one of the best quarterbacks in the league, the best quarterback in the league, Tom Brady himself, the guy, the goat, whatever you want to call him. The Rams were able to suffocate that pocket, disrupt his ability to get the ball out quickly, find his open reads and get the ball out. And it felt like pretty much every other play. The pressure was on. It was aggressive. And you could just see that pocket folding. And it literally, it felt like every play, if not every other play. Well, when you look at the numbers for how this Rams front seven has been able to pressure the 49ers, it's been almost non-existent compared to the rest of the numbers that they have throughout the entirety of the year. The very first game that these two teams played, the final score was 31-10. to 10. The Rams basically did nothing in terms of pressuring the offense in any shape or form, really. They had one pressure and one sack. 31-10 to 10 was the scoreline. They couldn't really get much going on offense. They couldn't do anything to stop them on defense, and it was a blowout from pretty much like the midway point of the game. Then you go into game two. Things got a lot tighter. They got a little more aggressive. They were able to disrupt the passing game a lot more, and they were able to really kind of shake up the offense a bit. They got three sacks off of seven pressures. They were able to bring the heat. They still lost, but it was a much closer 27-24 to 24 game. I think another key to the Rams' success here and being able to finally you know, slay the dragon here in the 49ers has got to be their ability to bring the pressure and you know take down Jimmy Garoppolo, make him feel uncomfortable, force him into uncomfortable throws that he may or may not want to make or just make him make some poor decisions you know speed up that mental clock in his head to get the football out sooner than he wants to and force him into making some mistakes because right now the way these first two games have gone for whatever reason it may be whether it's just how good the offensive line is in San Francisco or what have you the Rams have not been able to bring that pressure and it has been an absolute mess for them ultimately by losing both of the games they played this year that also kind of rolls me into my next couple of points that I have here, and this is probably my big disadvantage for each team going into this game. The 49ers' disadvantage here is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, and if you've followed my podcast now for however long, I'm not super high on Jimmy Garoppolo, and it's just because his play has been suspect to me at best, especially the last few weeks. Um, and with the shoulder injury now on top of the thumb injury, you could tell last week in that game against the Packers in that freezing cold. And granted, they're not going to be playing there now. It's going to be in a in a more warmer climate in sunny L.A. But you could tell he was struggling to throw that football. And, you know, they had him with the tape on the thumb and you saw him taking it off at one point when he was walking with the trainer. He was 11 of 19, 131 yards and an interception that 
injury is obviously hampering his play in some way. So if they're able to bring the pressure, like I was saying, and they're able to knock him around and make him uncomfortable and make those injuries hurt, you know, and, and, and it's going to, and, and I don't want him to get hurt or anything like that. Let me clear that up right now. I'm just saying, but if you're able to, you know, make him uncomfortable, make him feel those injuries that he might be nursing right now and dealing with, you know, it, it, it bodes well for the Rams. I, I don't know the extent of how much this is bothering Jimmy Garoppolo. My hat's off to him for being willing to play through an injury on in his thumb and in his shoulder on his throwing arm. It's got to hurt each and every single time he takes the snap and throws that football. So credit to him for his toughness on this one. I think a lot of people were questioning his toughness going into the season and for him to be riding out the end of this year with a couple of injuries to his throwing side is, you know, is commendable in every way. Um, but it is definitely something that I think is potentially going to hurt this offense going into this matchup. Whether you think he's a good quarterback or not, and, and you, whether you question his ability or not, those injuries are there. It's his throwing side. And I mean, if it, not to really compare, but to give you an idea, like you saw how much Baker Mayfield's shoulder injury hampered him, and it wasn't even on his throwing shoulder. So there's that, if you will. For the Rams... Their biggest disadvantage going into this one, in my opinion, it, it's not it's not the game plan. It's not, you know, a position or something like that. You know, maybe you could argue the back end of the secondary with the safeties and whatnot, whatever you want to say. In my opinion, the biggest disadvantage of this game is mental. And it's got to be that streak. Six straight losses to the 49ers. At home or in their house, they have not been able to get it done. You are hosting the NFC Championship with a shot at hosting the Super Bowl to be only the second team to do so in two straight years. Pretty wild enough if you put that out there and to really think about that. Uh, and an opportunity to be the second team to not only host a Super Bowl and also win the Super Bowl in their home stadium. Um, the, the, the fact that you're you're in a situation where you need to be begging your fan base to not sell their tickets to 49ers fans or other people that are just not Rams fans and for ticketing, you know, companies to be locking you out or locking out fans that are not of the LA area code to go to the game to view um, is not good. And I'm a firm believer of like mental disadvantages in, in mind games and things like that. I grew up a wrestling fan and the whole mind games thing was always something <clears throat> that got brought up in the kayfabe of it all. But, but I think that's a legitimate thing when it comes to pro sports too. And when you have a streaks like that going on where not only is it like, Oh, you know, it, this isn't a new season where it's, you know, it's a different team and everything. No, like that streak extends into this year and they've already taken that loss twice. You know, you got blown out the first time and then you had a win snatch away from you just a few weeks ago against this team that's got to be in the back of your mind and it was at home as well when that happened I'm I'm confident in the Rams I'll say that but this whole mental thing that's going on it's real that streak is there and I know for a fact it's in the back of every single player's mind every single coach's mind on both sides of the teams and I'm very curious to see if it maybe you know if, if you see the Rams maybe taking some chances they shouldn't or something along those lines that may cost them the game just because so much is on the line for these next few weeks for the Rams. I'm very curious to see how that all plays out. Now, for my final predictions, my thoughts on the spread, my thoughts on the over-under, and then, of course, my winner and the scoreline. 
Uh, for the spread, Rams at minus three and a half and 49ers plus three and a half at this very moment of my recording. And I'm recording this on a, uh, what is it, Wednesday afternoon. You guys are seeing this Thursday, a little afternoon. So a little bit before uh, this video actually goes up that I'm recording. So of course this number might change, but at the time, minus three and a half plus three and a half. Um, <clears throat> I don't know how I feel about that. I think um, I think the score could be a little bit more separated. I think it might come down to like a touchdown or so. Um, granted, the last time these two teams played, it did come down to a three-point game, and there's been a lot of three-point games in the playoffs as of this point here. Uh, but I do I do see the game maybe being a little bit more separated here, um, maybe by like a touchdown or so, something along those lines. Plus three and a half for the 49ers. I could definitely see them being a big upset team. And maybe, you know, if things go really badly, I could definitely see like a, I could definitely see them crossing that three and a half threshold by far. Um, so it'll, it's really interesting here. Um, if I, if I was to say I liked one or the other, I actually think I liked the 49ers plus three and a half on this one here. I think that's a little bit more likely. Um, not because I think the game isn't going to be close if the Rams win, but or no, do I like the, you know what? I think I like the Rams minus three and a half. I think that they'll probably win by by about seven, and that's kind of going to spoil my prediction here. But I do think if I'm to, if I'm to really think think of it, I think I do like the Rams at minus three and a half. I think I do. Um, it, like I said, I don't really do a ton of the betting. I just kind of give my thoughts and like when I'm trying to think of like could the Rams realistically win by like three and a half points or more. I think I do like the Rams at minus three and a half. As for the over under being at forty six. That is something that I also do like just because of the fact of how much both of these teams are able to score. The fact that the 49ers are able to put up 31 on this defense already. Uh, the last time they played, it was over that 46 threshold. And I mean, the Rams are good for about 30 points a game and the 49ers have been able to score about 30 points a game. So I do like the over in this one as well. Excuse me. And as for my final score, I do like the Rams. Like I did mention on that spread, I do like the Rams minus three and a half. I think they get a big victory here. I think they finally shake the streak. I like the Rams 35 to 31. So I do like the Rams at minus three and a half. I think it is a pretty solid betting line there. I do have them winning by four. So that will help you in understanding what I feel about that. But I'd love to know what you guys think in the comment section down below. Who do you think comes out the winner? What's the final score? Let me know. Make sure again, you like the video if you enjoyed, hit that sub button so you can catch all of the content I have coming your way through the postseason and the beginning of the offseason and throughout. Uh, but that is it for me today. I appreciate you all for watching. I will catch you guys in the next video. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday, everybody.